Six minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. Now, yesterday in the papers, uh, I must add, it was a very interesting story. And I, I spoke about this when we started the show. I mean, uh, entire campaigns people have around, you know, meatless Mondays. And uh, one must say from a consumer preferences, you know, perspective, there is a growing movement of people who are looking for plant-based alternatives to uh, some of the... Uh, uh, sort of meet requirements or needs uh, from a culinary perspective. And it certainly uh, picked up uh, and there has been, I guess, um, a commensurate response insofar as, um, you know, food technology is concerned. Um, you know, you can find anything now from like, you know, plant-based meatballs right through to like halloumi bultong, as some people have said and so on. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, this is quite popular. I mean, if you go to the shelves of, of any Retailer, you certainly will find some form of plant-based alternatives uh, or substitute products for some of your more favoured uh, processed meat products uh, and other meat products of that kind. And it seems here that uh, one of the big entities, uh, Fries, uh, many of you would know, um, has lamented what the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development has now instituted as a regulation around labelling. So it seems the department is saying that uh, you can't call it meatballs if I nanyama. Uh, which I, I, mean, I guess is understandable. But um, fries here raising all manner of concerns and uh, those ventilated in reports over the course of the weekend. But one voice which we did not hear over the weekend is that of the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. And tonight we have an opportunity to uh, get a sense of the rationale of this regulation, what it is, what it looks like. And the Pili Malose Makhafula, the director of food safety and quality assurance in the department is my next guest for our headline segment. Prabili, good evening and welcome. Uh, good evening uh, to the listeners as well. Thank you so much, uh, Prabili, for joining us. And uh, as I said, I mean, now just in this introduction a few seconds ago, it was interesting for me to read that piece um, because I, I certainly am quite familiar with the, you know, the, uh, many consumers who are shifting to these alternatives or substitutes and so on. Uh, but a big part of that piece was really skewed towards the view of one of the multinationals here, Fries. They were saying this is going to create inefficiencies in their production, make them less competitive, and so on. And I was still, having read the article maybe twice, still a bit unclear on what the regulation effectively made provision for. So talk to me about just the genesis of some of your work in the Quality Assurance and Food Safety Division as you look at plant-based alternatives to, or substitutes away from meat products, and how, I guess, this latest piece of regulation fits into that. Okay. What we do have, in terms of the Agricultural Product Act, what we have is that we actually control uh, import and the sale of products that are either imported or manufactured in South Africa. Mm. And in control of those products, we actually set norms, norms and standards, minimum standards, for quality, that is your compositional standards as to what it is that has to be complied with. Alongside with that, there are classes and names given to this product. So what happened in 2019 is that we came up with a regulation that talks to processed and meat products. Mm. And in that regulations, we have classes and categories of products. And we have names attached to those classes. And there's a standard that against which inspection should actually be, mm. be carried out. And those names are, are well known. Uh, the industry, including the uh, the meat analog or plant-based industry, plant-based uh, products, they actually know those names that are associated with uh, 
processed meat product. And we actually started the implementation of the regulation by six months so that everyone can actually get their act together. Mm. So this, this regulation has been in existence from 2019 to date. So the implementation of this thing was to say that, look, we actually could actually see there's this phenomenon of plant-based product being sold under the names of product, of, of processed meat product. And mm. that actually creates confusion. But apart from that, it actually creates an, an even play field in the sense that you are not actually pandering to fair uh, trade practices. There's unfair sure. competition because you are actually advancing your product under the name of tra- names that are traditionally associated with processed meat product. That's where the concerns came in. So we actually said, look, let's actually, before we pounce on this PPU, before we actually see this product, and actually issue manner, all manner of uh, directions under the, the same act, let's actually tell them that this is what has to happen. Start labeling your product accordingly. Otherwise, if we don't label those products, the standard that has actually been generated, that has actually been drafted for processed meat product, will then be used mm. to attach this product because you are now using names that are regulated. That's so, where the stance so, is. So maybe, maybe properly, just for the purposes of some of us who might not be familiar when you say processed meat products, give us some examples because I like the point you make that it's not just the issue of nomenclature or naming but there are subsequent standards associated with very specific processed food products. What are, what are some of these products? Uh, we're talking about, uh, you, you're talking about your piltong here. Mm. Well, we're talking about uh, mushroom piltong. You cannot have something like that. <laughs> we're talking of breakfast here. We're talking of the uh, nuggets here, your beggars and all of these things. Those names are there. And what we actually said to them that since we don't have regulation, they're not necessarily regulated to this plant-based product. Fine, you can actually sell your product, but come up with a a naming convention that is going to be identifiable with your product, so that you don't have this blurring of lines. So while they are doing that, we are saying that we are also going to be developing a regulation so that we can have if there are names that are generic in approach, mm. names that are like your nuggets. Nuggets nobody talks to size, but in this case, because it is associated with a chicken nuggets. You cannot necessarily use it when you're not regulated. So every time you invoke nuggets, in the mind of a notional customer, mm. what actually gets to be uh, associated with nuggets is chicken. So, so, so I can't make I can't people. make processed goat nuggets because a nugget, as you say, is a size issue rather than a specific product. So that would not be I would not be able to call a goat meat uh, or derive from goat meat um, in the same pa- in the same packaging and form. I can't call that a nugget. Exactly, exactly. That, that is the essence of, of, of the regulation. So that, look, they, there's this regulation. Regulation is like this. If you are now going to be calling those products, you are not regulated. But if you want to attract the inspectors to come and actually authenticate that the names that you are claiming are actually names that are associated with standards that have been set for processed big products, Continue calling call, call those products by, by those names that are associated with processed meat process product. What's the implication and, uh, of, of me continuing? So if I call it mushroom biltong and I continue to market it as such, what's the implication of falling foul of your regulation? The implication is simple. What is going to happen is that the inspectors will then come and try to exact the very same regulations that are associated with that name, product name, processed meat product name. And if they find that the compositional properties 
of those products do not match up with the standard that has been set for processed meat products, your products are going to be seized. They're going to be stopped from being sold. They're going to be prohibited from being sold. Now, that is the essence of everything, yes. Mm, mm. What do you say as a department to the view that comes from a multinational like Fry's? Because, and I must mention them, I mean, they're quite a big name in this yes. specific market we're talking about. So we can't speak in the abstract. We must get status in When we look yes. at them, um, one of the issues they are raising is that this has an implication on their production and packaging costs. It makes those pr- unnecessarily prohibitive, makes them then uncompetitive in other global markets where they're able to sell plant-based chorizo or plant-based meatballs and so on. What's your view on that? Uh, because I would also think that in coming and arriving at this decision, you are also holding yourselves to certain international standards as well. Yes, we, we, we are. In fact, if you look at this, uh, what we are dealing with, is not something that is actually very, um, certainly something that is obligatory in South Africa. It is something that is also the EU is also wrestling with it. France has just two weeks ago also prohibited the sale of plant-based products using names that are traditional associated with processed meat products mm. or, or meat, so to speak. So the only place probably where they, in U.S. they still have that problem as well. Uh, the only place where there's regulations, established regulations in Canada, where they've actually made a clear delineation, where you actually talk of disc instead of bagger, where you talk about plant. You talk about what? So a disc? Disc. disc plant, because of the uh, shape. Plant, uh, disc. <laughs> disc could simply yeah. be your, 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 your bagger. And then when you come to South Africa, then uh, oh, well, world over is used. So that is still a contested terrain. But all of that we say is that these are novel products. They need to be regulated. You need to come up with a regulation that is going to speak to the, this developing technology. We, we know that we're going to be dealing pretty soon with cultivated mm. meat or cellular agriculture. Yes. Those are the things that yes. got to be regulated. But then while we do not have regulations, you do not necessarily have to necessarily tap into traditionally regulated product to advance your product. Mm. What do you make of, of these people at Fry saying you have misunderstood the regulations you yourselves wrote? I mean, quite interesting because they're saying that their interpretation or the legal advice they have would suggest that those directives would not apply to meet analogs, as they call it. Uh, I mean, just your, your view on that. Look, the, the, I mean, there is far from reality. The truth of the matter is that meat analogs as they are, they're not regulated. Now, if they're not regulated, if you are now going to be using names that are regulated, that are associated with processed meat product, mm. we're then going to be using the, the regulation. It's as simple as that. If you do not actually sell wine, why do you then have to use names that are associated with wine? You're going to attract the eye of the, the regulated space. So we are having processed meat product here yeah, with its names. Now you're using those names to sell your product. What mm. you are then saying is that we must come and authenticate whether indeed that which you are selling conforms to the standard that is meant for processed meat product. That, that, that's the method bold of it. So we are not necessarily having anything against the message. Remember, it's agriculture here. We're dealing with crop production as animal production. So they can advance the product, sell the product, but let us suddenly play the lines between traditional names that are associated with meat product and those names that are unnecessary novel product that are coming mm, to the fore. Mm, mm. And of course, you said you had given them, just as we wrap up, you had given them a grace period. This is goes far back as 2019. Um, what happens from here onwards? And I guess many South Africans might also be saying, do you have the capacity to go and, you know, um, inspect all of these places? Because one of the things that's happened in this 
meet analog business is that yes there are the more recognizable names of fry zaba but then there's the mom and pop shop artisanal small craft volume type people who are doing all manner of things um how do you regulate those look unfortunately uh, this case what we have the minister actually appointed uh, designated the assignee we do have a special agency that actually is, is responsible for enforcement of these regulations so they are they have actually taken stock of what is already in the in different retailers there and they would actually we have the in some instances they've issued directions as to giving those people certain time period to remove those products mm. and they'll also tell they be able to enforce the regulation we are very much confident of that so your inspectorate is well stocked well resourced ready to go yeah into all manner of these home industries and uh, Danny yeah. whoever's what what look we Danny if Danny is actually producing for himself or or uncle is producing for himself we, they, they wouldn't have to worry about us the problem that we have is when you actually put out put those product for sale uh, when you put those product for sale there are two things that we are actually find those two principles that is has to be advancement of fair trade at the same time we have to look at uh, the question of misleading of uh, you know your ordinary notional customer and are those objective customer that would not necessarily know the differences they'll actually go with build on without necessarily getting to read whether it's plant based or what only on when they taste those things and find that the product is not necessarily what i thought what i had in mind I just mm. only took the product because it's built on so those are the kind of so it is consumer protection at the same time but at the same time it's also fair at trade practices <laughs> just the last one. I mean a lot you, you you just mentioned cultivated meat there. In your regulatory yeah. cycle, um and we often know, I mean in many ways regulation follows on expansions and the evolution of product development in particular spaces. Yeah. Clearly yeah. our planet doesn't have enough space to produce as much meat as many of us uh, want to consume and a lot of meat now is going to be produced in lab-based scientific processes. What is the regulatory framework at the moment in so far as that is concerned for cultivated meat look as as, as things stand now meat as we know it will be meat that comes from the slaughtered animals and uh, the or just the term the word the word meat yeah, refers to animal yeah, product meat, yeah meat will still be derivative of that there are different portions of meat that uh, are coming as a consequence of that but that the issue is these are novel products they we we are already anticipated that we have to have regulations because that itself is going to be creating a problem. We can not necessarily impede development and, and technologies as they're coming along. We know that regulation always lags behind technology. That much we know. Mm. We're not necessarily going to prohibit this thing, but then we will try at this uh, I mean, to, to develop regulations as much as possible. But then development of regulations is a function of information as well. So this is something that is just in its infancy. So we still have to gather information that we develop minimum set of standards against which this product can actually be benchmarked against. So so in a sense uh, if I follow uh, properly you're suggesting that at the moment your definition of meat is particular but as these yes. lab grown meat becomes more commonplace you will develop a framework but at the moment I equal I know that at the moment that is no I mean this 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 nothing but that it does not necessarily suggest that we're going to prohibit them Okay we will actually they are still I mean we have to encourage the I mean technology to develop if it catches on fine then we would have to have regulation in that in that mm. space. Okay. Prabili, let's leave it there for tonight. Pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you, my brother. Hey, tada.